Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, for real, the chagrined Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm doing great. You know, when I get to hang out with you in person, uh, you know, these podcasts start off, uh, I'm already drunk. <laughs> That's, right. So, That's right. So this is going to be an interesting episode, I That's think. That's right. Well, you know. That's good for a lot of reasons. Because like, when we get together, though, we get in person, we make cocktails, we have a lot of fun. Um, I I know that it's it's fun and great for you because it's fun and great for everybody to hang out with me in person. Indeed. You're Indeed. one of the lucky few that do because I'm kind of a hermit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I hide. I hide. But I, I did want to talk about the fact that you're chagrined. Chagrined. I mean, every Giants fan, I think, at this point is chagrined. Yeah. I mean, we thought... There was this brief moment, like we had this, like, like oh, five in a row, That's five right, in a row. Yeah. I was, I was, my chest was pumping out. Yeah. I was talking to people, strangers in the street, about the Giants. Yeah, like I was yeah. like, how about them Giants, man? Yeah. Five in a row. People were like, yeah, high fives and That's all right. that. And mm-hmm. now we're like, oh, mm-hmm. lost, lost yeah, three. Three same, same. same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and now all of my uh, warrior fan friends, right? Yeah. Ugh. 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 I mean, have they lost to the Kings yet, or what? No, they actually won Game Seven today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Steph Curry dropped fifty. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, I think the most in a Game Seven right. ever. Well, so that's great. That's great when your superstar player steps up. Yeah. What's it like to have a superstar I, player? I don't know. I don't. I, what is that even? What I, is I, that I, even? I don't. That concept does not compute. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh man. Well, yes, we are together in person. Uh, hence the probably a little echoey sound. It, once yeah, again, that's what you get. You get us in person, but you get mm-hmm. poor sound quality. Right, Sorry about right. that. Yeah. Um, and uh, we will continue to be in person into our cocktail show next yep, week. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but then after that, things will will go back to normal. Um, I hey, I have a question for you. Oh. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, it's it's a little bit tied into to some events that we saw over the last couple of days. Okay. I don't know if you remember, but in last week's show, you and I were really confused as to why the Giants had a Friday off and were only playing Saturday and Sunday in San Diego. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't San Diego. Yeah. You know, that's why this is an amateur podcast. Yeah, yeah we probably should have known that. We probably should have been like, hey, the Giants are going to be playing yeah. in Mexico City. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. They played in Mexico City. Um, I don't know if you know this, Matthew, but Mexico City is basically on top of a volcano. It's it's on the moon. <laughs> That's right. It's on the moon. That's right. Well, yeah, because the, because the moon is there because it got shot out by a volcano. Yes. And then and, and then it, that's how it got into space. I don't know if you know that. I, little known fact. Little yeah. known fact. That's how the moon was formed. Um, that's not true, by the way. But if you're really curious about how the moon formed, look it up. Uh, this is a baseball show. But anyway, it's really high. It's 7,200 uh, feet above uh, sea level. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet that there's never been a Major League Baseball game played at that altitude before. 
That is true because it's it's almost two thousand feet, not quite, I think, but two thousand feet higher than Colorado, than Denver. Yeah, where the Rockies play. Um. So, and what happened? What do we know about high altitude places? Uh, things fly. Things fly. That's right. Balls do not break, and balls fly very easily. And and the air is drier, and then the balls are drier, and uh, yeah. So anyway. As a result of that, the game on Saturday was a 16-11 loss for the San Francisco Giants. But it was a slugfest, right? A lot of people, it was like, hey, you know, Giants fans dig the long ball. Matthew digs the long ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my question for you, Matthew, is would you rather watch a 10-11 slugfest, one with a walk-off? Or would you rather watch a tight pitcher's duel, one with a strikeout? All right, I'm sure the baseball purists uh-huh. are all like, oh, pitcher's duel, you know, those mm. one to nothing games. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, F that. Like, I want scoring. I, you know, so give me the 10 to 11 with a walk-off win any day. Wow. That is totally the wrong answer. <laughs> I, it, I get it. I get it. But, you mm-hmm. know, come on. 10 to 11, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're into it. I mean... You and I were watching this game on Saturday, and uh, you, you correctly said, well, the, you know, the Giants are going to lose this game because they don't bat last. Yes. And, you know, so there's, you know, that that is a little bit like, you know, no run was safe. You know, it's kind of like, or no lead was safe, rather. And so I I could see how that would be uh, not as exciting when you're like, you know, kind of expecting runs to be scored every inning. But at the same time... I just feel like scoring runs is a lot more fun than uh, than watching guys go striking out all the time. So, well, I yeah, I think the real answer here, the correct answer, is you need a balance, right? Okay, but like, that wasn't that wasn't part of the answer there. Well, that the question the, rather what the, no, question, the, answer, the question was: Do you want a slugfest or a pitcher's duel? There was no balance, right? Right. Well, I mean... So you're just making it up now. You're just... Yeah, I loaded the question so that you would answer it incorrectly. Yeah, okay. That's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I should have just known that you were going to answer it incorrectly no matter what. But (laughs) the right answer is balance. We need balance, right? Because sometimes you want to have a pitcher's duel. Sometimes you want to have a slugfest. And most of the time you want something in between. You want some, you know, you want a, a triple every now and then that drives in a bunch of runs. You're right. We don't... We, we don't want strikeouts all the time, and we don't want home runs all of the time. Um, so good job screwing that question up. All right, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Anyway, today is Sunday, April 30th, as we record this podcast. Our resilient and maddening San Francisco Giants went three and three this week. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't a losing record. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's exactly the 500 team that I thought they were. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, I was like, hey, this is a 500 team. They'll catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe. And maybe they'll challenge for a playoff spot. Right now, they're 11 and 16. Uh, and the reason that you're chagrined is because they started off the week Finishing, uh, uh, turning a two-game win streak into a five-game win streak by taking three and one from the St. Louis Cardinals. Logan Webb continued to pitch well, but somehow lose <laughs> on Thursday to uh, take the to give up their only loss of the series against the Cardinals. 
And then these two games that should have been an exhibition happened in Mexico. And I mean, watching both of those games, I felt like they could have either lost them, they could have won them. It was really kind of a crapshoot. It was a flip of the die, a flip of the, you know, it was a flip of the die. It was a roll of the coin. You know what I mean? I know, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, if you played more Dungeons and Dragons, you would know. <laughs> Thank God. Wait, what? I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 11 and six, that brings our lovely record to 11 and 16, um, which puts them, uh, hold on. Let me check the standings here, Matthew. I might have some good news for you. No, no, no. They're, they're, I don't, I don't. They're in fourth place. Four games behind... Okay, why does this keep happening? The Arizona Diamondbacks and the L.A. Dodgers tied for first place. The Diamondbacks have a positive run differential now. They're legitimately turning into a good team. And Matthew, I I warned that the Diamondbacks might be a better team than the Giants. But evidence would now suggest that there is no might about it. The Diamondbacks are the best team in the NL West. No, not true. They're the second best team in the NL West. (laughs) But they've been a little bit lucky, or the Dodgers have been a little bit unlucky, and so they're tied at first. Uh, And then the San Diego Padres are a game back. The Giants are three games behind them. And the only reason the Giants aren't in last place is because of the Colorado Rockies. Woo-hoo! Woo! Thank you, Colorado. I mean, you know what? Not every division has a team like that, so we should consider ourselves lucky. Yeah, you yeah. know, the Giants will never be the worst team in the NL West because that's always the Rockies, <laughs> always the Rockies. Uh, yeah. So um, let's see. Oh, oh, wild card. We need to check the wild card standings because maybe maybe things are better there. You don't know. I have a feeling though. <sighs> wow. Let's see. Okay. So Milwaukee's in first place, and then the Mets. And the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers and the Marlins, who have certainly turned their things around. They're 16 and 13 with a negative 35 win differential. <laughs> their expected win loss is 11 and 18. Instead, they're 16 and 13. Okay, so that's got to like, you know, even out. Well, uh, they lost a lot. I mean, they, won a, they lost a lot of blowouts and they won a lot of close games, but they've actually been playing better. And my man Jazz is starting to heat up. Oh, all right. Yeah, it started when they played the Giants and he hasn't cooled off. Oh. Uh, and then the Cubs are one game out. The Phillies and the Padres are tied with them. The Cincinnati Reds are three and a half games. Oh, I found them. Here they are. Four in fifth place, but really behind six other teams for the wild card spot. Five games out. Sorry, four games out. The San Francisco Giants. Only four games, though. Anything yeah. can happen, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how Carlos Correa is doing these days. <laughs> you know, yeah, that might make us feel better. That might make us feel better, Bob. Yeah. Okay, you're right, Bob. It is time for Carlos Correa watch. Uh, hey, Bob. Um, still not good, man. Still not good. I regret to inform you that uh, that uh, Farhan Zaidi is a mad genius, or the doctors, or whoever. <laughs> Uh, Carlos Correa continues to suck. He's he's hitting 209 with a 284 on base percentage. His slugging percentage is 363 for an OPS of 647, which gives him an OPS plus of 82. Are you one of those stat heads who likes the war? 
Well, here's the good news. His defense is good enough to make his war 0.1. He's above a triple-A player. Yeah, well, that's great because they're paying him <laughs> to be above a triple-A <laughs> That's AAA right, player. that's right, that's right. And But here's the thing, you know, he's a great player and he'll probably, you know, improve, right? So, like, how's he been doing lately? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Not good. Not good. He does have a home run. In the last seven days, he hit a home run, but his average is 167, and his on-base percentage is 286, um, and his slugging percentage is 375. So that's how uh, Carlos Correa is doing, Bob. Um, So I regret to inform you that uh, the only reason to complain at Farhan Zaidi is because of the Giants record. Um, However, I did want to add one thing. A new stat, perhaps. Oh. The Maurizio Dubon watch. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, why not, right? Let's just, uh, why don't we have like an Alex Dickerson watch while we're at it? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Mean. That's mean. (laughs) Mean. Maurizio Dubon just had his 20-game hitting streak broken, Matthew. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's insane. It's a topsy-turvy world. That is proving that what the Giants are going through really is the curse of Maurizio Dumont. It is, because uh, do you know what the San Francisco Giants, uh, the San Francisco era record for most consecutive games hit streak is? 19. Uh, No, it's actually a little bit more than that. It's 26 uh, by Jack Clark. Oh, the Ripper. The Ripper. So it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen uh, that kind of history. Yeah. Do you want to know what's interesting about Jack Clark? Uh, that he had most of his success with the Cardinals? No, that you remember him playing, but I don't. Well, yeah. He was actually my very first favorite player. Yeah, mine was Chili Davis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, we should probably be moving on to the trivia question. Oh, but, yes. Uh, but I did want to finish off with Maurizio's stats. Um, even with that 20-game hitting streak, his OPS plus is 99 he's got to lift a lot to get to average. Yeah, he? yeah. But here's the thing. His war, his total war for the season, remember Carlos Correa was at point one. Yes. Maurizio Dubon, point eight. Wow. Because remember, even though he's hitting a little bit, he's still got a lot of glove. Yeah. The right. Giants don't care about that, though. No, the Giants don't care about that. Defense is meaningless. Ah. <laughs> 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 Who cares about defense? Anyway. Not Farhan. Not Farhan. Trivia question. Go. All right. Trivia question. So on Saturday, as you mentioned, the Giants lost a game 16-11. to 11. Uh, That game was in Mexico City. First game ever played uh, in Mexico City. Second to last game ever played there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so my question to you, I got a little curious. Uh, and those of you who follow us on Twitter, I apologize, you're probably already going to know the, the answer to this question, but it's such a good question, I thought I would post it here. When was the last time the San Francisco Giants scored 10 or more runs and lost by five runs? Never. They've never done that. That's a good guess. We, we will see at mm-hmm. the end of the episode. That's my answer. That's my final answer, and I'm sticking to it. All right. All mm-hmm. right. We shall see if you are correct. Yeah, but listeners learned an important lesson just now. What's that? Follow us on Twitter. That's right. Yo, yeah, exactly. You know, we put some good stuff up there. Isn't it time for the booze, boys? What are you drinking, Ben? Thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. 
Today, Bob, as I mentioned on last Thursday's show, I am drinking the Long French Kiss, which is really just a French connection with club soda and bitters added, um, but which turns a very brooding cocktail into a very cold and refreshing cocktail. And so how do you make it? It is one and a half ounces of cognac or brandy, one ounce of amaretto, two ounces of club soda, and two dashes of aromatic bitters. You take the cognac, the amaretto, and the club soda, and you pour all of those together in a highball with ice. You stir carefully, because you got the club soda in there. The ice cubes might jump out. <laughs> and you just create a lot of fizz and fuzz everywhere. And then uh, and then you drink it. Uh, oh, sorry. And then you add the bitters, and then you drink it and enjoy. That is the long French kiss. And if you want to understand why I chose that name or hear more about the cocktail, you got to listen to Thursday's episode. And that's what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. Sure is, Bob. Well, speaking of tasty cocktails, Bob, what are you drinking, Matthew? Oh, of course. Yes. That, yes, Bob. That's that's what I'm trying to get at here. Uh, I, too, have a tasty cocktail. Uh, mine is called a matcha made in heaven. And uh, as you might guess, it's got matcha tea powder in it. But not only that, it's got it's got two ounces of gin, one ounce of lime mm, juice, three quarter ounce agave cocktail. syrup, 10 mint leaves and half a teaspoon of matcha tea powder, along with two ounces of club soda. How do you make it? You first muddle the mint leaves with the agave syrup in a cocktail shaker, and then you add the remaining ingredients except the club soda into a cocktail shaker with ice and shake for 15 to 20 seconds until the shaker is frosted. You double strain it into a rocks glass with ice and top with orange soda and garnish with a mint sprig. It is a very refreshing and a little nod to uh, the just the spring that we we are now encountering it's a great tasty cocktail that i think really embodies spring so that's what i'm drinking today i want to make one correction there matthew uh oh uh, did i say something wrong i think you did i think you said you you top it with orange soda did i say orange soda i'm pretty sure you said orange soda you're going to hear that back on the edit yeah i i will but i would i if i did i meant club soda i think you should try it with orange soda <laughs> that might be a little funky but hey why not <laughs> why not go with a little fanta yeah you know, along with your matcha green tea yeah that's probably now that i think about it that's probably not that good yeah uh, i mean if you're gonna do a soda maybe sprite yeah, or seven up yeah, might be like yeah. might work but yeah club soda club so- oh yeah yeah sprite yeah that's interesting all right well anyway uh speaking of orange soda are we speaking of orange soda? No, we're not speaking of orange soda. You and I, um, something happened this week, Matthew. Yes. Where we actually discussed this on Twitter. One of our listeners brought it up. Um, that I was vindicated. 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 Vindicated was the word, I vindicated. think. Vindicated. I mean, look, somebody had a Talkman moment. There was a there was a Talkman moment. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh man. And and those happen, and they feel really good at the time, and they they matter. They matter, right? Yeah, that like, win matters. Those yes. catches that Talkman made helped the Giants win two of those 107 games. 
he didn't end the season with the team, but they still won those games. Yes. And they counted. On Monday. Yes. Rule 5, drafty, Blake Sable hits the game-winning home run, uh, walk-off, crazy, down-to-the-last-strike kind of home run. That's right. And and this is a guy that struck out 43% of the time this year, <laughs> down to his last strike against a formidable closer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and wins the game. And, you know, so I'm tired of the disrespect that you're putting on Blake Sable's name. Rule 5 drafty Blake Sable is a bona fide major leaguer, and he is here to stay. Ben. For now, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my I, gosh, I agree. He is here to stay for now. He's got a little bit of a he's got a little bit of a, a, a hot streak going. He's swinging the bat well. You know, he's a good replacement player. I will grant you that. Okay, you know, replacement is an ugly word. Okay, you know, he is a backup catcher. Okay, that's true. And, that's and true. he's not really replacing anybody. No, is he, he is a backup catcher, which you know we every team needs one, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he so far is filling that role admirably. No, I will. I I agree with you. I agree with you that uh, every team does need a backup catcher. I think the part that I would disagree with you on is that he's a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, that's unfair. All right, is it though? Okay, so what I do you mean, what, give it? me give me what you why why do you think that? Well, let's just start with catching the ball. <laughs> okay, like right. I mean, that's what a catcher is supposed to do, right? Yes. And yes. young Rule Five draftee Blake Sable yes. has, I think, eight wild pitches. Yeah, so that would indicate and, that the catcher, the pitchers are throwing like them in the dirt. Mm, yeah, right. Well, okay. So one of the things about a catcher is Matthews is that they save their pitchers uh, okay. a lot. All right. right, I know, I know, I'm, I'm, I agree. I agree that his defense is a work in progress. It's <laughs> a work in progress. He's only it, caught like 120 games in his entire career. I also agree that he is progressing quite nicely in stacking up the highest number of catcher's interferences <laughs> in the history of a single season uh, in baseball. Right now he has four, okay, which is right. a lot yes, for yes. a season. Even Mike Kruko called it out. Yeah. And he didn't say it like nice. No, he said he's got to clean that up. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was like, I don't think I've ever seen a number that high. Boy, that's a lot. Okay, uh, my Mike Kruko impersonation is poor. I I agree. I admit. (laughs) But my point is, is that, is that, you know, like, and and then when they put him in the outfield, you know, even you shared a tweet, uh, which I thought was a really good impersonation of what he looks like (laughs) when he goes back on a ball. Yeah. Which is, he looks like a drunkard. He looks like you or me out there. Yeah, after one of our episodes. After yes. one of our episodes, trying stumbling back ball. and yeah. forth and con- trying to catch a fly ball. And, uh, you know, he's just... <sighs> all right, all right. You know what? Just shut your trap, okay? Because... <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. First of all... Okay. I'm ahead of schedule on the drunkenness, all right? And second of all, you're talking to me about Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable, who is my favorite player this year, all right? So sure. let, let me give you... So you saying that the defense sucks. 
But and I will say that if you that by the eye test alone, yes, there have been some questionable moments. Uh, he has a hard time catching uh, Tyler Rogers. Uh, you know, I've seen like it's kind of almost comical when he comes. You know, Tyler Rogers is throwing underhand, and all of a sudden the ball just flies by Blake Sable's head, like 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 he just didn't expect it to keep rising like that. Yeah, you know? I think and, the umpires have now learned to hide a little bit behind Blake as not, well. They should not yes, expose yes. themselves above his right shoulder. Right, yeah. right. And then, but also, it's not fair when they have Tyler Rogers throwing underhand at eighty five. You know, in one inning, and then the next inning, they have Camilo Duvall throwing 103, okay, and not knowing where it's going, right? So, I mean, he's got a tough task. So this is not, this is not just, oh, let's catch anyone. This is catching two guys that are very unorthodox, and so I'm going to give him a little bit of slack. But on that note alone, you look at his defensive metrics, all right? He has been a slightly above average catcher in many aspects, including framing pitches. Wow, you sound like my wife describing me. Okay, well, slightly <laughs> above average is perfectly acceptable for a backup catcher, Ben, okay? Uh, he, he is one of the top framers in, in baseball, uh, and that actually is, weirdly enough, is, is why that he's had so many of the catcher's interference, because when it on breaking balls, in order to frame a pitch, you mm-hmm. have to reach out before it hits the plate to bring it up, right? You want right. to bring it up. You want to wait till it's crossed the plate. So he's reaching, and unfortunately, he's been hitting, you know, the, the so, so you're trying to say his catcher's interferences are a good thing. I'm just saying they are a result of him trying to frame the pitches, which he has been good at overall. Okay? The second of all, he has thrown out 17% of base dealers. And you might think that that's low, but Joey Bart has only thrown out 20% of base stealers. Uh, Joey Bart in his rookie season has had an 18% throwing, uh, throwing out baseball uh, base runners. So he is a adequate catcher in that respect as well. Uh, so, you know, he's, his defense is not as bad as we, you know, the underlying metrics show that he is not as bad as we're looking. If you look at his defensive rankings across the, the, the league, minimum of 100 innings caught, he's actually in the, you know, 25 and up. You know, and there are 32 teams. So he is not one of the worst catchers in the league. And that's just his defense. You put in his offense, right? He's tied for second among home runs, uh, among catchers with home runs with five. He, in the last three weeks, He's hit 273 with a 314 on base and a 636 slugging for a weighted runs created plus of 152. All right. So the guy got off to a little bit of a slow start, but is now hitting better than most catchers. All right. So you look at his war. He's got a 0.3 war so far, which is the same as JT Real, Real Muto. All right. So this is more than you would expect from a backup catcher. All right. He is by all accounts, a adequate backup catcher and is better than anyone that we have right now, including Gary Sanchez, for that role. And he will stay, as long as he keeps performing like this, that will be enough to keep him on the team for the remainder of the year. Okay. But listen to this. No. I have an important and analytical uh, argument to make. Uh, okay, all right. Let's hear your important and analytical argument. No, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But also, second point. 
I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. All right, okay, all right. All okay, right. but but here's my real argument. And and I think I think this is where where my my emotions kick in because it turns out, you know what, Matthew, you know what I think I am? A curmudgeon? <laughs> no, I well, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm like definitely a curmudgeon. <laughs> But I'm also a closet Joey Bart fan. Oh. And here's my argument. Okay. He's not as good as Joey Bart. I And I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that he, he is one of our top two catchers on uh, in the franchise right now. Okay. Who should be the starting catcher? Blake Sable? Sorry, excuse me. Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable? Or Joey Bart? Uh, well... I think Joey Bart should be the starting catcher, uh, right. just from his his defensive abilities alone. Uh, but offensively, you know, Blake Sable makes an argument. You know, well, for, okay. particularly because he bats on the left side, and most pitchers are right-handed. So, you know, if he's going to platoon, he would be the strong side of the platoon. Uh, but I don't know if I'm ready to go there. I, my only argument is that for a Rule Five draftee, he has uh, proven that he belongs in the majors, and I am. Loathe to say this, but the numbers actually do bear this out. Uh, believe it or not, there are ways to measure how good a player is at stealing strikes with their framing. Um, the one thing that I will mention is that arguably, because there's a lot of different ways to look at these stats, the best catcher this year at doing that is Joey Bart. Which is crazy. Which is testament to how much he has worked. Right. And, um, you know, so good for Joey Bart. He steals about a strike and a half uh, per game. And um, which means that he's basically striking out a guy every other game with his framing. Right. Or at least putting somebody in a disadvantage uh, in, in, a, in, a, in an at-bat. And exactly. Now, but what is what is interesting is that, as you say, Joey, uh, sorry, Blake Sable is not the worst at that, right? He's actually competent at that and better than a lot of other uh, catchers in the game. He ranks 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every catch, every team's got two two catchers, so you're talking 60, 60 professionals out there at the major league level doing this, and Blank Sable ranks 24th at framing pitches. Um, his throwing is pedestrian, but it's pedestrian at a major league level. It's not as good as Joey Bart, who's throwing out 20% of runners. Um, And, you know, Joey Bart has a lot less pass balls and a lot less wild pitches, right? Joey Bart is just overall a better catcher. Hitting-wise, they're somewhat similar, although Joey, for whatever reason, is not showing the power this year. Yeah, he hasn't hit a home run this year at all. No, he hasn't. Uh, He tried really hard today. (laughs) He was like, oh man, he was chopping it. Today was the day. Today was the day. Like, I'm going to get off it. Like, you know, today was the day that I'm going to hit the homers. Uh, He was trying really hard, uh, wasn't able to get it done, but he is hitting really well for for average, and his on base percentage is 378. So his OPS plus right now is a 106 to Blake Sable's 109. Mm -hmm. Um, I would agree that, that. Wow, not, wow. Would I agree? Okay, so here's the deal. 
<laughs> tomorrow is May 1st. Or today, oh, when this right. when this episode comes it's out. It's Gary Sanchez Day. It's Gary Sanchez Day. Gary Sanchez has to be called up by the Giants to... Has to be placed on the Major League roster tomorrow. Or he gets to become a free agent and do whatever he wants. Which means that the Giants' depth at catcher, which they have clearly has been a total carousel... And they clearly have faith in no one. Um, gets smaller, so yeah. But but he hasn't really. Sh- I mean, he was a, a shot in the dark, right? I mean, right? He was. Let's take a flyer on Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez hit like a buck seventy in right. AAA, so he has not proven that he can hit. Uh, you know, AAA hitting, let alone major leagues. And so even if he opts out, where is he going to go? Who's going to be like, ooh, we're excited about Gary Sanchez? He was available because nobody signed him as a free agent right. for the entire offseason. Right. So I could see a scenario where he doesn't exercise his right and sure. stays at AAA. But the Giants also recently called up uh, Patrick Bailey to Sacramento. As they well should, because he'd been tearing it up at Richmond. Exactly. So... You know, maybe, maybe, I, I also would be surprised if the Gary Sanchez experiment ends tomorrow. Yeah. And because, because last week when uh, Bart came up limping a little bit uh, in one of, you know, one of the games, they weren't sure if they were going to have to put him on the IL. They did not put Gary Sanchez on the taxi squad. It was Ricardo Genovez. Yeah. That, and so that was pretty telling. And the fact that they don't believe that Gary Sanchez is ready to contribute. And if he's yeah. not ready, then why waste a roster spot? you got to put him on the 40-man. That means you're going to put somebody else out of a job that they may want to keep. There's no reason to put Gary Sanchez um, on the 40-man if they're not, they're not ready to even put him on the taxi squad. So... I feel like it's Patrick Bailey and Blake Sable as the the two catchers behind Joey Bart that will be uh, you know in the in the mix coming right. for the for the remainder of the season. So Joey Bart's the guy, but Blake Sable will play when they think he's the better bat. Yep. And Patrick Bailey. I mean, he's he's the next up. If Blake Sable up. goes, starts all of a sudden acting like a Rule Five draftee, and uh, you know, and can't uh, you know catch and can't hit, because if he doesn't do either, you know, one of those, yeah. then then there's no reason to keep him on the roster. I, yeah. And I right know. now he's you know he's got a 109 OPS plus. You know he is uh, hitting enough to where he is showing that he is a viable option at catcher right now. <sighs> All right. You win. <laughs> I know. Blake Sable, we'll keep him. Yeah. Well, and, and the, you know, the crazy thing is, is like, as much as a big a fan that I am of Blake Sable, I pretty much resigned myself to the fact that he wasn't going to be here the whole season. But there's two things that keep me thinking that this is a real possibility. One is that he's actually hitting. And at the beginning, he wasn't. Right? No, he I mean, wasn't. the first few weeks, it was a big struggle. But the last few weeks, he has definitely yeah. turned it around. So in that respect, if he's hitting, I think the Giants will, will keep him. The second thing is, is that he also can play outfield. And the Giants keep getting hurt. 
you know, Yaz today pulled mm. up with a hamstring injury. No, and so, that was just a mild uh, altitude sickness. <laughs> yeah, right. To yeah, the hamstring. I, so tomorrow, when he goes on the IL for ten days, uh, you know, it will create a roster spot for somebody. And so, while it won't necessarily equate to Blake Sable, it doesn't. It also means that Blake Sable has another. There's somebody else coming up to fill that right. spot, and it's not Blake Sable having to leave. And right. so, and they so, can put Blake Sable in the outfield in the optimal moments and have Bart behind the plate yes right i mean it'll probably be brett wisely um staying if yaz is actually hurt yeah although yeah i mean i don't know maybe maybe it will be wisely i they really seem to like that guy yeah. um i'm not <laughs> i'm not his, convinced that's the right choice him and his 050 batting average to well, start his i mean what else is gonna be ramos it's gonna be yeah that's it right those are the only two that we have yeah. on the 40 man that would come up at this point yeah yeah well okay all right. So the long the long story short is is that Joey Bart and Blake Sable are the San Francisco Giants catching tandem. Yes. Right. And which, by the way, if you look at weighted runs created plus, did I get that right? You did. Yes. Good job. For the position, the Giants catchers are the fourth best in Major League Baseball, and that is primarily Joey Bart. And Blake Sable. Yeah. And Joey Bart is a good defensive catcher. And Blake Sable mostly catches the ball. And so together, that's it. Those are the catchers. Yes. So, like, we can count on them to stop, like, stirring the pot. I think so. I think that this is, you know, this has been the the big carousel uh, since spring training was who is going to be the two catchers. And I think a month into the season, we've answered that question. It is Joey Bart and Blake Sable. All right. Well, now it's time for us to move on to our second topic of the day. Okay. And you've said that we figured out catcher. It only took a month. So my question for you, Matthew, is... Five-game winning streak. We thought we knew who the car- the Giants were. We thought, okay, they got Slater back. They got Hanniger. Mm-hmm. Not back because, you know, he'd no. never been here. Yes. Welcome, Mitch Hanniger. Yeah. Thanks for Two showing up. Two home runs in the first week. In Mexico. <laughs> I think you could have hit a home run there. I could have. I Definitely. couldn't have because I would have passed out due to altitude sickness. <laughs> but you could have hit some home runs there. Uh, so we'll see how, how well the power uh, for Hanager carries through through the rest of the, the season. But my question for you is: Is that they're eleven and sixteen? It feels like they're a better team with Hanager and Slater, but the pitching staff just does not feel like it's as good as we thought it was going to be. Particularly the bullpen. Mm-hmm. When will we know? how good this team is or isn't? Well, I... Yeah, that's a good question. I think that... So, after the five-game win streak, you know, it's tempting to say that they're who we thought, who I thought they were, that they're, right. you know, a 90 win team, you know, yeah, kind but, of but now you gotta, you gotta, but like, now, you, you know, but they dug those little holes, so probably yeah. not going to hit 90. Right. Yeah. But they are that type of, of team. Uh, and then they go into Mexico city. And I just, I feel like you can't judge the giants based on Mexico city because they scored 11 freaking runs. And most times 
90 plus percent of the times historically that's enough to win a game <laughs> okay and so so you know I, I just don't feel like this is a uh, a real barometer for how the Giants are no um, I mean the Mexico City games I think those could have gone either way yes throw and them out the window so I just so so in that respect I just I don't feel like this week is a really good barometer on how they are I'm tending still a little bit more positive because with Hanniger and Slater against left-handers, we are an entirely different team. And the the teams can no longer call up some like guy from AAA that hasn't pitched in the majors for five years who all of a sudden looks like, you know, Cy Young because he's, you know, a lefty and is, you know, so I just I feel like the Giants are better than that. Uh, based on just what we've seen with Slater and Hanniger. And so I think in that alone, we're going to see some progress and play better than what we've shown so far. Uh, pitching is still a little bit of a question mark, particularly Sean Manaya, mm-hmm. uh, who seems to like to just be batting practice for target practice for opposing hitters. Uh now, two starts in a row, I think he's been pelted by line drives up the middle. Yes, but more importantly, really hard hit line drives. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, Javi Lopez and all them are all, like, just impressed that he's able to, like, keep pitching. And I'm like... Well, that is impressive. I mean, it is impressive, but maybe... That doesn't win ball games. No. I was like, I'm not... It's like, okay, that doesn't really help us, though. The fact that he can man up, I guess, quote-unquote, and uh, pitch through, you're know, getting whacked by 108 mile per hour comebackers but uh but you know so that those those questions still need to be answered and yeah. you know is that is that you know Keaton Wynn is that Kyle Harrison is that some phantom trip to the IL you know for for somebody because you know I think something's got to give on the pitching staff they they just can't keep um, you know, rolling Manea out there and expecting him to right. get it right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think the pitching, especially these particular guys, are really showing, proving not to be what we hoped they were going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I was never excited about Manea or Stripling, but I'm not going to say I told you so, but I told you so. Yeah. Well, I, and I thought Stripling would be better. I mean, he had a good good year last year and there was nothing to indicate that he couldn't continue that uh Manaya, though i've always i mean he did not have a good year last year and uh and all this talk about his increased velocity uh is great but it doesn't seem to have translated into well it seems to translate it into harder hit balls yeah <laughs> yeah like 108 off the knee yeah uh well it's interesting though because while they do have the Hanniger and Slater back, I mean, the Yaz injury is is what it is. But, I mean, like, you know, as I always say, you're always going to have guys who are hurt. You're always going to have key guys who are hurt, right? Alex Wood is out. Yaz is out, you know. And it's always going to be that way for the rest of the season because that's Major League Baseball. It's an interesting set of opponents that they have coming up, though. The next three games, or sorry, the next six games are against good American uh, League teams, um, the Astros and the Brewers. Uh, then they have three games that, quite frankly, they have to sweep hmm. against the Nationals, right? A team that is that bad when you are trying to make up this much, especially after you're coming off a week playing the Astros and the Brewers, uh, you have to sweep the Nationals. 
But then following that, I think, is the biggest barometer of who the Giants are of the early season. They're going to play four games in Arizona. And I know that seems ridiculous, the Arizona Diamondbacks, but these are the first place of Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that is actually getting better over the last couple of weeks, not getting worse, a team that is kind of like vying with the Giants to figure out who is, I mean, who's the third best team in the National League West. But, you know, the Padres are padreing. Yes. And so maybe you're really talking about who is the second best team. And you know what? The Dodgers aren't doing that great either. So, like, it's there for the taking. The Diamondbacks are executing. If the Giants want to prove that they're going to put up a fight, they have to make it through these next two series. They have to dominate the Nationals. And then they have to make a strong statement against the D-backs. I think the next 14 days... And those 13 games are going to be very telling. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, if you put it like that, it doesn't really, it doesn't inspire confidence because we didn't play the Diamondbacks very well last year. I and mean, the Diamondbacks mm-hmm. present a problem for the Giants. They've got a lot of speed, a mm-hmm. lot of athleticism. And, uh, and, and last year you could chalk it up to being young and inexperienced. But they've got a year under their belt now. These guys, yeah. and, and they were smart enough, and I hate to say this, they were smart enough to cut bait on their worst pitcher, yeah. you know, which was uh, Mad Bum. And uh, so now, you know, they're going to bring somebody up who maybe performs at a higher level than Madison Bumgarner. It's- and so that's, that's uh, yeah, they could be a real contender. And I think at some point, also within the next month, we will know how good the Diamondbacks really are. Yeah. And... They're really making a statement. They've been building, right? They have believed in themselves, and they've had a system that's put together. And you're right; they've made bold moves. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I, if the Diamondbacks finish ahead of the Giants this year, then I think I'm going to start picketing <laughs> uh, at Oracle. I'm just going to start like fire, fire Farhan. Because, like, if you can't be better than the Diamondbacks at the organizational level, then you shouldn't be running the San Francisco Giants. The Giants are a better organization than the Diamondbacks. Or at least they should be. Well, ironically, the, I think the Diamondbacks' best uh, free agent acquisition this uh, this summer was Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria. He's been playing really well for them. He's yeah. been hitting some big home runs. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, yeah. Well, and, and I, I don't blame the Giants because they had a lot of third base options and, you know, Longoria is getting older and they needed to move on. Uh, but it didn't help that the Diamondbacks were the ones that uh, benefited the most. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it was wrong to let him go. Um, but it is interesting that, I mean, it, it's a good story for them, yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, that he's helping that team surge and and establish themselves. And he's that veteran leader and veteran veteran presence, which they probably value tremendously as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's very, very telling, it, it, and it's going to be very telling how things play out over these next 13 games. Um, wow, yeah, I think we should all have our eyes very, very much focused on that uh, four-game series against the Diamondbacks, assuming the Giants play reasonably well up to it, right? Yes. If they barf all over themselves against the Nationals, right. then, then, it's, then it's throw in the towel time. 
you know, it's like, yeah, it would know. be getting close to that. Yes. It yeah. would be, let's, let's uh, figure out how we're going to salvage. Yeah. This so these two weeks are big. They're yeah. big, right? Because they've already dug themselves a hole and now it's test time. Whew. All right. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. 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 You know? Well, I, I mean, you, if you believe in the team, then you're excited about it. This is an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, if you're one of the curmudgeon Giants fans out there that has been sour on the Giants all season, which I don't know if I blame you. It's a little, I gotta admit, it's a little tiring to see you on social media, just you know, complaining all the time. I'm not on social media. I'm man. not talking to you. Oh, I'm talking to okay, all of okay. those out there that are just like you know complaining <laughs> about the Giants and all that on social media. Uh, you know, it's not time to write them off yet, but uh, maybe you'll get your wish in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I think certainly because it almost seems that way. It almost seems like a lot of Giants fans are hoping. For the Giants to like, you know, like they're going to gloat when the Giants are, you know, uh, struggling because that'll make them feel better about their wishes about Farhan or something. But, you know, I want Farhan to be successful and I want the Giants to be successful. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily that way. I, I want him to be successful, too, but I don't think he has been. And I think he's been there for five years going on six and, you know, they haven't been able to to build the roster through free agency. There's nothing really to get excited about quite yet from the minor leagues. You got a bunch of guys who are kind of making noise, but none of them have made a huge impact at the major league level. And, uh, and you know, and then their first round draft picks have been total busts for whatever reason or not. And, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of good explanations for those things but when you're a fan all explanations are just bad excuses yeah you know i mean and that's our prerogative as fans like and it's you know it's it's put up or shut up and so far the giants are not putting up yeah i mean i feel like on that note i think there's a couple like for example the the minor league system and the readiness of certain players uh they're not they're not performing at the timeline i think that uh, we all thought but I still think there's a lot of talent within the organization, as we saw during the Rule Five draft, minor league portion of the Rule Five draft, when teams were poaching players left and right from the Giants system. So, you know, I think that there's some value out there, and they're just not performing at the t- on the timeline that we that we hoped and and frankly yeah, probably needed. Right. The other side of that is, you know, I, I will agree that Farhan, you know, excuse for not luring big free agents, you know, being like, you know, people don't want to come to the Bay Area or whatever. Yeah. And clearly they've had a strategy of targeting people who have Bay Area ties uh, gets a little tiring. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, at some point you got to stop making that an excuse. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't want to hear it. I don't think fans want to hear it. So Farhan needs to either put up or shut up on that respect. But... But, you know, I'm not quite ready to ride it all off. I think things are a little bit slower than we would have liked. Uh, but there's some talent there. Uh, and I think that, you know, the next year or two will 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 tell us, you know, what what, what that looks like. So I'm re- I, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, this this next two weeks are, are important. But I also feel like that there's, uh, you know, some opportunity, you know, long term as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of like asking the question, like when are the when are we going to know how good the Giants are, is both a question about this season, but also the organization overall. I think we're going to know how good this team is within the next couple of months. Um, if the ter- team turns out, to, sorry, next couple of weeks, right within thirty days, I think we'll know how good the twenty twenty three Giants are. I think as if that turns out to be not good, 
We're going to learn a lot more about the organization itself at the lower levels much quicker than we would have thought because yeah. we're probably going to push a lot of those guys to the major league level. You're going to see Harrison. You're going to see Bailey uh, mm-hmm. this year. You might see Will Wilson. You might see Casey Schmidt. Casey yeah. Schmidt. Yeah. Right. You might start to see those guys and then they will have put in, you know, maybe three to four months of playing time at the major league level. Not all of them, but some of them. And then you'll have a much better idea of how well those guys are. And that'll give you an idea of the organization overall. If the 2023 Giants are good, we will probably not know about those guys until next year. Yeah. But hey, at least the 2023 Giants will be good in that scenario. Yeah. So, right, I, I think we're going to learn a lot in the next 30 days. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so these next 30 days should be pretty fun to, to, to watch. Uh, and I think that kind of brings us near to the end of the show. I think it's time to answer the trivia question. All right. Even though I already gave away the right answer. You, 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 None. Spoiler alert. You, yes, you did. But the question is, uh, when was the last time the San Francisco Giants scored 10 or more runs and lost by five runs? And I personally went through every season between 1958 and now to see when the last time that happened. And the answer, as you said, was never. The Giants have never... I didn't know that was the answer. (laughs) I should have said a bigger number. I'm sorry. Uh, Well, you know, you you answered it right. You know, you're allowed in that time. Since 1958, the Giants are 594 and 31 in games that they have scored 10 plus more runs. They have never lost a game by five or more runs when scoring 10 plus until Saturday, which happened to be at 7,000 feet above sea level. Right, so the answer is one now. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only other time that that was close was in 2000, they lost a game to the Rockies by four runs after scoring 10 runs in Colorado. In Colorado, And so, uh, yeah, the Giants, if you score 10 plus more runs, you're going to win 90% of the time. Uh, and this was the first, and and the bulk of their losses. I mean, as I was going through each season, was by one run, and uh, yeah. uh, so there were a lot of eleven to tens or twelve to thirteens uh, in those thirty-one losses. Very, very rarely do you lose by more than one run. The moral of the story is: I don't want to see the Giants play in Mexico City ever again. Ever again. Ever again. Agreed. Agreed. Not not in a game that counts. Yep, yep. So that is the answer to the trivia question. Uh, interestingly enough, in the year 2000, the Giants had 27 games where they won, where they scored 10 or more runs, which is the the franchise, the San Francisco franchise record. Yeah. I did not go back to New York Giants times, uh, but uh, that was pretty impressive to yeah. you know score 10 plus or more runs 27 times. I think that was their first season at Pac or at, at the current stadium which was yeah. called Pac Bell Park yeah which is weird because uh, it was no, not known as a hitting stadium nope. and uh, yeah and Jeff Kent and yeah uh, there were definitely some yeah. some guys yeah yeah all right well looking ahead Matthew what are uh, what are you drinking next week next week I am bringing a cocktail called the Braun Army Navy uh, which is a cocktail that I tried uh, at a bar in San Diego this last week and um, and uh, frankly felt like it needed a little improvement. And so uh, so on next week, on Thursday, you'll learn more about that cocktail. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Charlotte's Web. Oh. Not, uh, n- uh, not the... Um 
Not the book. Okay. And not, not an, the spider. Not the spider. Not or her act, web. Not a web. Yeah, it's a cocktail called the Charlotte's Web, um, which was also inspired by a restaurant that I found from a recipe that I found in a book. It's a complicated story. We'll explain it on the cocktail show, but that's what I'll be drinking. Yeah. So join us on our happy hour episode on Thursday to learn about those. So next week, we're playing a couple of teams that uh, we, we know well. Uh, the Astros, who are 14 and 13, so struggling a little right. bit. Led by the Maurizio Dubon, looking to start another hitting streak. That's right. You know, uh, Of course, he'll be looking to lay some wood on his team that traded him a year ago. That's right. The curse of Dubon. Uh, you know, uh, uh, how it worked out for him, though, turned to be okay. He got a World Series ring out of it. You know, he's got a hit 20 game hit streak yeah. uh so you know mauricio's doing all right and uh, so we'll see him uh and then they they take on uh the brewers um which i think you had mentioned they were in the american league but they are they are in the firmly in the national the league Mer- the brewers are in the american league. Uh, you know it, it for us old timers it feels that way right uh but uh all oh, right they know. did they did move over like 20 years yeah ago. yeah you know a while yeah, ago but right. uh yeah, you know in yeah. my mind they're still they're still american leagues too but uh we we are playing the brewers who are actually playing well they're 18 and 10 right now and but we have some history we have some history of beating them, and uh, That's right. so I'm looking forward to that series. Uh, as you mentioned, those two series will will tell a lot about how the Giants' season is going to be. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Next week, we will recap all of that. All right. So with that said, uh, folks, we're nearing the end of the hour. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on social media. Woo-hoo. Twitter, Instagram. Social media is the best. Woo-hoo. Uh, Mastodon, you know, at uh, Giant Cocktails and all those. Search us up. Follow us. Interact with us. We uh, we like to have a little fun with uh, with listeners. I love it when our listeners uh, tweet at us and, and mention us. So definitely do that. Uh, also, don't forget to rate us uh, and give us a review on the podcast listener of your choice. Do it. And, do it now. Uh, please do that. That would be great. It would help us out a lot. And love to hear what you think about our podcast. Uh, with that, uh, I think it's time to wrap this up, Ben. It's uh, been great chatting with you in person. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs>